Okay, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Take Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jackson Burleson, and I got a special guest right here, uh, Jeremiah Kincaid. I appreciate you being on once Thank again. Thank you for having me. Um, if you guys haven't seen uh, the episode he was on with UFC, a boxing talk, that was like, I think it was like August or something like that. It was a while ago, but that was the last time he's on, so now you get to see him in person on the camera. So... Um, Let's go ahead and get into this. But first, before we get into this, I'm sorry. Um, subscribe to the channel and like this video and share this with your friends. Um, everybody's got to hear what I have to say. You're gonna, you guys are gonna want to tune in for this pod because it's gonna be kind of crazy. This will be a very hot take, a very hot take. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's jump into it. So um, UFC top ten, you guys. Let's go ahead and get into it. So I'm gonna go ahead and start with my list. We're just both of us are gonna kind of just list our list here and let's go ahead first i'm gonna start out with number 10 i got amanda nunez at 10 randy couture at nine conor mcgregor at eight chuck liddell at seven demetrius johnson at six daniel cormier at five stipe miocic at four gsp at three anderson silva at two and the greatest UFC fighter all the time, Mr. John Jones. That is my list. Let's go. Let's hear yours. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Re wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Read that one more time. What, really, really, just quick. Just do it quick. Amanda Nunes, yep. Randy Couture, uh -huh. Conor McGregor, okay. Chuck Liddell, okay. Demetrius Johnson, Damian Cormier, Stipe Miocic, GSP, Anderson Silva, and John Jones. No. Okay. Let's start off with mine. It's going to be a little bit of a hot topic, <laughs> a hot take on some of them, but I think it's well-deserved. So at number 10, we have Conor McGregor. At number 9, we have Chris Cyborg. I think we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, at number 8, we have Francis Naganu, or Nuganu, however you want to <laughs> pronounce Nuganu. it. At number 7, we have Alexander Volkanovsky. At number 6, we have Royce Gracie. At number five, we have Demetrius Johnson. At number four, this is someone you forgot to mention. We have Khabib Nurmagomedov. Oh, yeah. At number okay. three, we have Anderson Silva. I could have sworn I had him on. Nope, there. nope, didn't hear that. At number two, GSP, the great GSP. And at number one, and I've always argued against this, but I'm going to name it right here. Number one, we have John Jones. I honestly, I, okay, you guys, hold on. I need to address the Khabib thing. So I think I made a mistake because I think I accidentally took him off un, un, unintentionally, unintentionally. I had him on my list. I had him at number three unintentionally. He was number three on my list. I, I just want to say Khabib is one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. He should be on this list. I don't know. I don't know why I looked at it and I thought I could have sworn he was on here, but yeah, 29 and 0, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I mean, Khabib, he earns my respect. I mean, he literally wrestled bears for crying out loud when he was growing up as a kid. That was impressive. So That was very impressive. I mean, I, I'm sorry, you guys. I don't know why Khabib was not on here. But, yeah, I'm not going to replace anybody on my list. But Khabib is definitely, definitely top three. But I'm just going to stick with the list I have because I didn't have Khabib on here for some reason. But 
Let's start off with number 10. Let's go ahead and break down our number 10. So I had Amanda Nunez at number 10, and she's an absolute monster. She's insane. She literally is one of the best strikers in women's history for the UFC. And she's also a Brazilian. She knows her jiu-jitsu very well, and she's fantastic at submissions. And she just takes it. She just pushes it forward every single time she's in the octagon. And she beat Ronda Rousey very, very, very easily. And then she beat Cyborg. So, And she took the title. She was the only person to beat Cyborg. And we can talk about it for me at number nine, but I don't think... With her legacy, with her skill set, of course she did beat Chris, or she did beat Amanda, she did beat Chris Cyborg. Okay, I get that, but overall, in terms of impact, legacy, overall skills, I don't think that she is overall better than Chris Cyborg. But let me talk about my number ten. I put, and I'm surprised that you have Connor as on your list, because you think of top ten UFC fighters, you you don't think Connor McGregor. Because I tend to disagree because he's one of the greatest strikers in MMA history. He's very good at striking. His left hand was... And just, he has amazing takedown defense. Don't forget that. He does have amazing takedown defense. Um, and his left hand was just powerful. It was deadly. And, you know, he beat Jose Aldo in what? Seven seconds? 13, 13, 13, 13 seconds. 13 still, seconds. Still fastest knockout in UFC history. Exactly. But... Or actually, is the Masvidal and Ben Askren? Uh, I take that back. But <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and he's—he's—I don't know. He was—he was one of the most prolific fighters the UFC has ever seen. He's the reason I got into MMA. I'm sure he's the reason you got into MMA. He's the reason that millions of people started watching MMA, and he's made such an impact in the game of. In the UFC, itself. without him, without Conor McGregor, the UFC is not where it is right now. No, and another thing that people, you know, you say is striking, you say uh, his takedown defense. But what about his trash talking? It doesn't seem like that big of a thing, but his trash talking was superior, and I believe it, that is what led to some of his wins. He was in Aldo's head for most of the promos. He got into Dustin Poirier's head that first fight. And there was like something he said about uh, Jose Aldo. They were like in the face off, like during it was like the way it was like the day before the fight. And he said like he saw like Jose Aldo's like right hand, like shaking or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he said automatically he knew that he could expose that, which is actually insane that you can you actually notice something like that. So little he predicted it. He predicted it. It's it's crazy. And so. I think it's crazy not to add Connor into a top 10 list. You know, it, there's amazing fighters. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of amazing fighters. But Connor made such an impact. And not only that, but he's, he's such a great fighter, too. So you have to throw him in the top 10. So but what's your 10? What's your argument for your 10? For why he's at 10? You got Connor McGregor. I got 10. Connor. Why, at 10. why do you have him so low? Why don't you have him higher? Because I think there's just better fighters. I really do. So who's at who's at nine for you? So right now at nine, we that's when I jump in with Chris Cyborg. So you really think Chris Cyborg is better than Conor McGregor? Was Chris Cyborg ever a double weight champion? She wasn't. And Conor McGregor was. Yeah. That's that's my argument to have Conor McGregor at nine on your list specifically. Okay. But at the same time, of course, if they fought, I don't think Chris Cyborg would win. But with, <laughs> well, I, mean, of I think that's kind of obvious. Of course not. But with the weight classes, it, it's different. With it's, it, you can't really compare that. 
you can't compare. Okay, well, you think I think overall in terms of legacy, in terms of overall fighting skills with who they were fighting with, I think Chris Cyborg is good at number nine because you have to think of it. She is what say twenty four and two with one no contest. She went twenty straight wins, twenty straight wins. Don't see that much. I mean, you can't really deny those numbers. I mean, I'm not saying Chris Cyborg is not a great fighter. She was definitely a machine when she was fighting. Mm-hmm. But Amanda Nunes, who's at the literally the bottom of my list, beat her. She was the one to end her career, basically. Okay. But, but Dustin Poirier got beat by Connor. And then Dustin Poirier. But we know what happened. Again. We know what happened the and last again. the last two fights. <laughs> and again, but still, but McGregor s- sleep. But <laughs> not, not McGregor fast. <laughs> McGregor sleep. No, but that's that's the thing. You know, sometimes I lose. It's okay. But that doesn't mean that they're a better fighter. It it doesn't. Not not in my opinion. Not in my opinion. So Some I want to get in my number nine. Yeah yeah go for it. Randy Couture. First of all, I'm I'm sure you know this guy. Randy Couture. First of all. I want to talk about his ground and pound because he would literally pick people up, slam them on the ground whenever he wanted to. And he would just start mauling people. He would literally maul. Like he beat Tito Ortiz. He knocked him out cold. Tito's a a monster. And he knocked out Chuck Liddell. Ooh, Iceman. Like, I mean, there's, there's an argument on my list that Randy Couture could probably be higher, but I put him down here just, just because I, I, th- I just think, I don't know. I mean, he's just, he was so good on the ground, but he also had, he was, he didn't really need to have the distance. Yeah. He could be really close and he could still generate tons and tons of power. Yeah. Just sitting there close to you and his elbows were disgusting. Yeah. And what people don't realize too, and just to throw in a little bit from when um, I was training a little bit, I wasn't in anything serious, but you know, as a pastime, I did train, um, and it was a lot of fun. But people don't realize when you're when you're grounding and pounding, it is just as physically stressful as it is just boxing. You know, because you are just constantly trying to punch that other person, trying to hurt that other person. You're going as fast and as hard as you can. It takes a lot out of you. So, and he was a master at it. He was. Truly he was also really good at. Um, when he had him against the cage, he was really good at kind of putting his uh, leg like over and kind of making their leg fall under him. Yeah. And then he was able to get on top of them and get full mount and just start yeah. mauling. Yeah. That was something Randy Couture was very elite at, and he was a massive human being. He was almost impossible to take down. Yeah. It, it, impossible. I mean, he was a heavy. I mean, for crying out loud, he was heavyweight champion for like forever. Yeah. It took a long time for anyone to really beat him. Yeah, no, he was he was definitely a monster. And you know what? I don't disagree with that. Um, I don't disagree with that ranking or him being on that list. He just wasn't on mine. Uh, wasn't on my radar, really. And he was also the first UFC fighter ever to win in two weight classes to become a double weight class champion. He was the first UFC fighter in the history of the game to ever do that. Yeah. So he kind of set the standard very, very high for all these up-and-coming guys coming in. Like Chuck Liddell was a guy that was there at that time, but guys like GSP afterwards, there that was a guy that those kind of guys really looked him looked up to because Randy Couture was the first double weight class champion yeah. ever. Yeah. So I think that says a lot about Randy Couture. I agree. I agree. But let me let me hear your number eight because I don't I don't remember what was your number eight. Okay, my number eight 
Well, first of all, Mr. McGregor. Okay, okay. Mr. McGregor, I, I mean, I kind of already said why he's number eight. But the reason he's not higher on my list is because he's just had a lot of bad losses. He's had a ton of bad losses, mm -hmm. especially recently. And, like, when Khabib and him fought, he his takedown defense was not good. Yeah. And that was one of his strengths coming in, mm -hmm. supposedly. And then he really struggled with Poirier, who's not really that great on the ground either. And Poirier yeah, is a, a, a good striker, yeah, too. Yeah, he's but a boxer. He's... I thought Connor should have done better than he did mm -hmm. against Poirier. And the second fight, that's, I mean, he was getting beat anyways. It doesn't matter yeah. if he broke his leg or not. Poirier won that fight easily, regardless of how many rounds it goes. Yeah. But Connor McGregor is just, he changed the game. He made the UFC what it is. And he honestly was the main reason why the UFC is, first of all, he was worth probably, when he said $4.2 billion, He's probably worth that much to the UFC at that time when he was fighting Eddie Alvarez and he was getting f done fighting Nate Diaz. I mean, he just beat a lot of tough fighters. And the one thing I really like compliment McGregor on is he didn't care what weight he fought at. He was going to fight at any weight. Like with Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz was like, oh, I'm not I'm not moving down to your weight, blah, 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 blah. So Connor was like, screw it. Like I'm going to go up to 170 and fight you because I want to fight the best and I'll do whatever I can to fight the best and he didn't never ever complained about weight ever mm -hmm. that was one and he always worked hard yeah that's one thing i really love about conor mcgregor but let me ask you something for that third fight with the dustin poirier fight who do you think would have won that let let's just say he didn't break his leg let's i think poirier still wins yeah oh yeah oh yeah so and here's I mean, it's not even close i mean poirier was about to knock him out until he broke his yeah. leg yeah yeah that's poirier was dominant that first round he was just dominating conor did you see whenever um, – and plus, I think Connor too, he's also a little strategic with what he does because – He keeps his distance, and he knows he knows when to strike. He knows the window of opportunity is very limited. He does. But he takes advantage of it. Like with Aldo, Aldo literally opened up for one second, and he clocked him with the left, and yeah. then Aldo was cold on the ground. Yeah, and but also I think with Connor too, sometimes when he knows he's losing – he does play a little dirty because you saw with that third fight. I don't know if you remember seeing it, but but Connor was grabbing his gloves while doing up kicks. I did. I did notice that. And but just, he gets away with more because he is Connor McGregor. He is. But Poirier had him on the ground, significant elbow strikes, significant you know ground and pounds. Like I just I I don't see that going any other way. I I don't. But before, before we get into something else, I just want to let you guys know that Connor McGregor could fight Charles Oliveira next June. Just want to put that out there. I saw it? it today. UFC 291, I think, in Vegas. There's a rumor going around that that's when he's going to return. Do you want to see it? I do want to see that. Because if he wins, then that's a title fight for him. If he beats Oliveira, that's a title fight. Because he actually comes in and beats somebody. But I don't think he... With, with what's happened in recent years, I don't think he should have a title fight so soon. I'm not saying... with you know I don't think that's... That's right for the other fighters who've been working hard. And not to say he's not working hard, but he's had some significant losses in recent years. So why should he get a title fight? Of course he's Conor McGregor. Of course he's going to generate beats, revenue. If he beats Charles Oliveira, a former champion who literally just lost his belt to Makachev. If he wins against Oliveira, not having a fight in two years, that would be a statement. And I Dana know, White would be like... 
I think he it's too Oliveira. soon. I think it's too soon. But who do you think would win that? That's a tough one. Yeah. That is a really tough one. I honestly want to say Oliveira because his of jiu-jitsu. I don't think Connor can handle that. But I don't know how Connor's going to look when he comes back. So He's going to be a lot stronger for sure. Um I mean, he's huge right now. He's like 190. He's not in the, the fight is supposed to be at 170. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, he'd it's, have to cut. He'd have to cut. But also, if they were to fight hypothetically, I really think this is where Oliver would shine because how can I explain it? So, so Connor is good with striking. He's good with other strikers. He knows, you know, defense. He's good at picking his shots. But when it comes to on the ground, like Khabib, for instance, who was a wrestler, Connor didn't know he got overwhelmed, you know. And I think it'll be the same scenario with jujitsu when it comes to Oliveira, and Oliveira can strike too, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think that's a little bit of a different fight than the Khabib fight. But let's get into your number eight because yeah. I want to hear your number eight yeah, as well. Yeah, so I have Francis Ngannou at number eight, and he does hold the record of seventeen and three, pretty impressive. Um, but I think he's been dominant for the most part in his weight class. He is a monster of a human being, and he almost he almost reminds me of a little bit of Mike Tyson, just because of his built and his strength and his power. And a big reason is his punching power. He and works with Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike Tyson teaches him how to like deliver body shots and punch more effectively and being up closer because Nagano wasn't really comfortable with being up close to people. Mm-hmm. But Nagano did impress me in his last fight against Gon. He he did some things that I didn't really expect him to do, which yeah. was takedowns. I yeah. mean, he's not really known for that. He's mm-hmm. known for his striking and his knockouts. He's not known for taking somebody to the ground and just absolutely just manhandling them. Yeah. That's kind of what surprised me. Imagine if he can perfect that technique. Imagine. He would be unstoppable. Exactly. He almost already is unstoppable. Exactly. His he is such a scary puncher that it does remind me of like Tyson in like the 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 nineties, right? And just how scary an individual can be. And you've heard it you've heard it from um, Dana White say to him, you heard him say to himself from Dana White that he uh, has the punching power of what a Ford Explorer going sixty <laughs> something miles an hour. Oh yeah, um, that's scary. Yeah. Imagine you're his opponent, like, and then hearing that, like. <laughs> that's that's terrifying. Yeah, that's like you you might as well not even enter the octagon. No, if you want to live, you know, you might <laughs> If you, you want to live well. an, if you want to live another day. So, before before we move on to to your 8, what do you think about that pick? Do you do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? I mean, it? I I, I kind of disagree with it because D- Ngannou's not far enough in in his career. Just so you don't think he's peak? Not yet. As a champion. Not yet. And he hasn't had enough title defenses. That's true. And he's and he's lost to a guy on my list who's pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. And number seven first. Let's get into number seven. Let's go for it. I got Chuck Liddell at number seven. Legend. Chuck, the Iceman. First, I mean, I honestly, in my opinion, I think he was probably the first big star the UFC ever really had mm-hmm. that was really well-known and everyone knew exactly who he was and what he brought to the table. And it, from watching him fight... He just was nonstop, nonstop punching right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. It was just constant, constant, constant. Like, he just never took his foot off the gas, ever. He had good cinema. Like, he, he was just so well-conditioned yeah. in the octagon. And he was an animal. He was literally unstoppable. I mean, mm-hmm. the man was 
he, I mean, he could, no one could really beat him. It took a while for people to figure him out, but yeah. he had a he had a really bad end to his career. Yeah. That knockout was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> that was probably one of the worst. Chuck Liddell's one of the best UFC fighters of all time, but the way his career ended is probably the worst in UFC history. For a yeah. guy that great to just go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows that quickly, mm-hmm. it's just... It was just... It's kind of sad to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like a legend dying, you know? Um and I'm trying to remember moments of that fight. Um, his right hand was just absolutely brutal. Who's is better though, his right hand or Connor's left? <sighs> I mean, honestly, I think they're kind of the same, but I'd probably I'd probably give the edge to Connor. Yeah, I just because too. no one really expects his left. Yeah, like it's quick. Like Liddell is like you can literally see him ready to load it up when he's about to use it yeah so it's a little more predictable but people still couldn't stop it it didn't matter if you saw it coming or not you still weren't able no one was able to really do anything about it they couldn't do anything so i yeah that's a that's a tough one there i don't yeah i i would say i'd give the edge to connor as well i i would um but let me jump into my number seven and that's alexander volkanovsky the most the most underrated fighter in the game right now i would say that's i don't think he's underrated i think he is i don't think so Every, i think he's very well appreciated I, because everybody counts him out the problem is he has not really he hasn't really fought anybody besides holloway and uh, brian ortega i don't know brian Ort- city i don't know brian ortega is kind of, who's better brian ortega or max holloway who would you who who's the tougher fight he Max Holloway Max three Holloway's, times and he beat him three times. Max Holloway is a good boxer. Like let's just say when Alexander Volkanovsky has been in the light featherweight division, it hasn't been the greatest division in the UFC. When mm-hmm. he's been when he's been in it, okay. that's why he's going up to fight Makachev because it's more of a challenge for him. Yeah, and I don't really see him winning that fight at all. I think I think Makachev's going to maul him. Yeah, yeah. I think Makachev yeah. Volkanovsky's just so small. Like, I don't know. I don't think, my opinion, Volkanovski doesn't even belong on this list. Uh, see, you're underrating him. I think he does. You know, maybe. He's very well appreciated, but maybe, he doesn't belong on this Maybe him, you could argue he's a little lower on the list. I could see that. He's top, he's top 20 for me. I'd say he's top 10. He has a little more to prove. He, okay. So let's go back to the Brian Ortega. Okay. So Brian Ortega, of course, is one of the most, has some of the most flawless jujitsu in the game just beautiful jujitsu now not only now now you know his his specialty is the triangle choke Volkanovski not only escaped that but he escaped a guillotine choke in the same round within the same 90 seconds that's hard that's so hard especially for someone who trained with the Gracie family yeah that's hard I get that but he's just it's too early Put him in the top ten. It's just too early for him. I think wait, he belongs wait, on the top wait ten. Wait a year or two. I think he believe. I I don't think I don't think a year or two will change. And you know, if you do want to make that argument, I think it's gonna. If you if you let's say for you, I think it very well could because what if he beats Makachev? Then he's definitely in this top ten, my opinion. To beat a wrestler very similar to Khabib. Okay. I mean, let's first of all let's just get this out of the way. Islam Makachev is literally Khabib two point oh. He is. He he's is. literally Khabib two point. Yeah. Yeah. He's he like he, the way he wrapped up Charles Oliveira. 
he just absolutely he's like a bear he just squeezed him yeah Le- that's it and his weight distribution like with what he needs to do is just it's flawless I mean, it's he just so he flawless. just absolutely squeezed him but Volkanovski I mean he's he's a very good fighter yeah um, yeah he's he has no reach he has no height yeah he has all the disadvantages going his way and he still figured out ways he's to win. He's still an animal. I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. He messed up Holloway bad yeah. in his last fight. That yeah. was Max Holloway's face will never look the same ever, yeah. ever again. Yeah. That was that, that was, was that was a pretty brutal that was, that was a pretty brutal beating yeah. for him. Yeah. Now let's jump into number 6 here. So, this is where it's going to start to get interesting. So, Demetrius yep. Johnson at number 6 for me or yeah, number 6 for me. Demetrius Johnson First of all, he was the first flyweight champion in the UFC history, mm-hmm. and he holds the record for the most consecutive titles defended ever. 11 consecutive title defenses in his career. Uh, was it? Ele- I thought it was 10. It was 11. It was 11? Okay. 11 title defenses, and he was just, he was probably the most athletic UFC fighter we've ever seen. Yeah, and, and that's, and I'm going to kind of just jump to my number five, because that's my number five. Demetrius Johnson. Uh, I think you have a, a little too low on the list. I think you got to bump him up a couple more um, because he. What man has been so dominant in a weight class besides Demetrius Johnson? He literally made the flyweight division. He's relevant in today's UFC. Yeah, without him, no one would watch that division. There's, there's, there's. I mean, there's a little potential, but there's not much for that that division i mean right but now there's only two guys moreno and how do you pronounce the guy's name it's like i can't remember his name it, it, it's like for it starts with an f i can't pronounce it it's like for gudo or something like yeah. that. i can't pronounce it he got he has like blonde hair yeah those are the only two there's only really two guys in that division right now yeah but demetrius johnson like he has just dominated that weight class for a long time and not only that but he's still fighting i think he's fighting with one yeah, yeah, I actually kind of forgot about that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. How old is he? How old is he now? He's got to be getting oh. up there. He's got to be getting close to. He's got to be. Uh, I actually, think he, he's still pretty young. He's still pretty young to be fighting. He, he's he's still at a good age, I want to say. But yeah, I I don't know. I want to say maybe. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check. It. I'm gonna 36. check his age. So I'm not. I'm not incorrect. Okay, 35. he's th- he's 36. He's 36. 36. Okay, yeah, 36. So he's he's getting up there, but it's kind of impressive to still see him fighting. And yeah. not that he's just still fighting. He is. Yeah, absolutely. He could probably still fight in the UFC, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he would still be as dominant as he was whenever he was winning all these championships, you know? Or he was winning all these matches. So I think that's why I have him at number five. But for my number six, I do have Royce Gracie, one of the legends in the game. The person person who comes from the notorious Gracie family, you know, flawless jiu-jitsu practitioners, teachers – um, but he laid the foundation. He down. definitely laid the foundation down for the UFC and what it consists of. And I don't really have anything bad. You don't to have say anything about, about that. No, yeah. I mean, I, you, you, I mean, you. If you say anything bad about him, then you're just like you don't respect the sport of MMA. Exactly. He's. How would you compare him? You would compare him to like um, I want to say like the Brett Favre of football. Or the Michael Vick of football. Like, he was just very, very different from what the sport of UFC is used to. Yeah, yeah. It was, he was different at the time of the sport, you know? And I just, I think... And now a lot of his techniques are used today. Absolutely. And his family, you know, not just, not picking him because of his family, but his family is still a prominent family in the MMA world. It They're still on top when it comes to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, absolutely. They're... They're definitely the 
top tier. Yeah, I would yeah, say for absolutely. jujitsu. Absolutely, not even close. Yeah, but yeah, let me hear what you have at number five. Number five, yeah. Let's go ahead and get to number five. So, I got DC at number five. Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just I didn't want to leave him out of the top five because first of all, this man would literally lift you up the ground and flip you over. Yeah. I mean, that's how strong of a guy Daniel Cormier was. He yeah. does, he's not the most fit guy in the world, but oh, and I'm sorry, Daniel Cormier. If you're if you're listening to this, your top five boxers slash UFC lights was absolutely terrible. That was bad. I just wanted to I just wanted, to, really I just wanted yep. to say that yep. that was that was horrible. Yeah, that was, that was I horrible. was shocked. So, but he's probably he's one of the best wrestlers of all time. Yeah, oh, that's for, for sure. sure. For and sure. he he was very hard to take down because he's a massive dude, but. He was insanely strong. For him to be able to literally flip a heavyweight, mm-hmm. just completely flip him in the air. Yeah. I mean, he just literally, he's like a, he literally ragdolled people. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what Daniel Cormier did. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's such a, um, an amazing wrestler. And, you know, he, he trained a lot with Khabib, you know. And so he went, I think he went to Dagestan a little bit, um, trained a little bit there, you know, later in his career, not at the beginning, uh, later in his career. And he, yeah, he, he will just, Flip you around, you know, throw you around, and it's funny too because looking at him, like out, you know, in, you know, everyday life, looking at him, you wouldn't think he's such a good fighter, but he is. He is such a dominant figure when it comes to wrestling, and I don't, I don't disagree with that either. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really leave Daniel Cormier off the top five. I, I wanted to, but I just had a hard time because he's just, he's beaten a lot of dudes. Yeah, and he was one of the best. And he was a champion when all these good dudes were fighting, mm-hmm. like Stipe, John Jones. He was champion when all those dudes were fighting yeah. at the top of their game and their primes. And it was just very hard to leave him at five. Yeah, for sure. But if we're going to talk about wrestling, let's talk about my number four, the king of wrestling. Did you, did you say your number five? Yeah, Demetrius Johnson. Okay, Demi- yeah. Oh, yeah, Demetrius. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, I jumped to it. Um, so, uh, but number four is Khabib Nurmagomedov. It was a little hard putting him at four. I just thought there were a couple other better fighters to put a little higher. Um, but you can't argue someone's record. I personally think he was part of the, a big part of the downfall of Connor's hype train. Um, there was, he was the sole reason why Connor McGregor lost his swag. Yes. We can say. Yes. And Connor is the king of swag when it comes to the UFC. <laughs> yeah. So to, to do that to a man so confident, and of course he still showed confidence after the fight, but you know he was shaken up. Like there was just something different about Connor. And it not- was just a very emotional moment for Khabib because you know Connor was not just attacking him, but his entire family and his father, Religion. who wasn't even alive at that time. He passed away a little mm-hmm. bit before that fight, so it was kind of hard. For Khabib to really not take that personally, and even though like Connor said, you know, at the end of the day, it's all business. I mean, you can't really say that about somebody's family and say it's still business. I mean, he threw a dolly at him for crying out loud on yeah. the bus. Like, imagine if that dolly hit Khabib. That situation could have been a lot worse than it actually. I don't think we would have got a fight because no. he did, he just served some jail. And McGregor time. was in court for that during yeah. that time before yeah. the fight. Yeah. But that was a lot of hype living up to that fight. It was. And then even after the match, you remember what happened after the match? Yeah, he jumped over the cage and started attacking Dylan Dennis. Yep. 
That yep. That was that's MMA history. Yep. That's probably then, the craziest thing that's ever happened in UFC. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, some of uh, Khabib's guys jumped in, started attacking Greg, uh, Conor McGregor. Yeah, Makachev was in his corner. Yeah. So it, but for for Khabib, and you have to also think. You know, some people argue, well, he hasn't fought that many people, like, or not that many prominent people. That's my argument with him. But that's the thing. I think he has, and you can't. You first of all, the UFC is full of amazing fighters. You wouldn't be an amazing amazing fighter if you're not in the UFC. Now, also being 29 wins and zero losses, that just says how great you are. And he fought Dustin Poirier. He fought. You know, Justin Gaethje. But that's at the end of his career, though. That he didn't. He, that's at the end of his career. That's the thing that Khabib's a great, great fighter. But I. That's the thing. He fought those guys at the end of his career, and that was the first time he ever fought anybody. Okay. So, all right. So how how good would you say Oliveira is? J- j- random question. How how good would you say he is? I mean, he's definitely one of the best lightweight champions we've ever seen. So Khabib's protege. Not only beats him, but humiliates him. And I'm the person who said, actually, this was the last pod we did together. I said that Charles Oliveira would beat Khabib, but that kind of backfired really quick because exactly. Islam beat him. So that kind of dismisses my take. But Islam's not on Khabib's level yet. He's still got a lot of growth to go. No, he, he could not he could surpass Khabib. You know, you never know. Yeah, I don't think he ever will pass Khabib because he's got that one loss leaning over him. Well, in terms of legacy, but skill. Skill-wise, yes. Who knows? You don't because Khabib's training him, yeah. So he's got a little more of an advantage than Khabib has. Yeah, and that just that just kind of also shows that Khabib's protege, someone who's still kind of rising through the ranks, and like those dudes from Russia, are Dagestan, just absolutely different. But that's what they do. They are different. That's wrestling is a way of life. They don't get them. tired. No. Khabib never got tired, not once. In any it, like every single fight you watch of Khabib. It just doesn't look like he ever loses condition. He always has endurance 24-7 all the time. Even with Connor, He was literally talking to him when he was mauling him, had him on a – he literally had Connor's legs above his head, and he was like, let's talk now. Let's talk now. Yeah, it was was trash talking. Yeah. Yeah, that would – that's exhausting. Like, it's like – How is he not – how is he not out of breath? For him to, like, have that much breath to be able to still talk that much trash during the fight. Yeah. Like you saw Connor, he was breathing so heavy yeah. during that fight. Yeah. He wasn't even like Yeah, the he had the hands on the hips. Yeah. He was <laughs> Yeah, he had his yeah. feet on the cage. Like yeah. he was just doing a lot of and he had an by the way, people forget um the illegal knee he had to the head when he was on when he was down. Mm-hmm. That was an illegal knee. Yeah. He didn't get disqualified for that because the judges are way too nice to Connor, but yeah. Khabib had just always been the guy that never got tired and he just seemed like at the end of his career, it just seemed like why, why he, why, why am I training? Like why do I come here and train this much? Yeah. To, for it to be this easy. Like he, just, I feel like he retired because the sport was getting too easy for him. Yeah. I know it's a lot to say for a sport to be easy for somebody, but you can say that about Khabib. Oh yeah, and that's that's the beautiful thing too. And I think DC even mentioned this in his top five. But a lot of these fighters, when they retire, they retire because of injury or getting a little too old. Or just not having a passion for the sport. But none of that applied to Khabib. Khabib still loves the sport. He's still involved. He's in Makachev's corner. You know, he didn't get injured. He, he left on his own term. He's like, you know what? I think 
my legacy cemented. I don't need to do this anymore. You know, he left on his own terms, and that's impressive. And that's something that a lot of fighters don't do. Yeah, you don't see anybody do no. that. Period. You you might once in a while, but it's. I feel like part of it is because of an injury, or is it because takes guts to do that. It does. It does. Because he could have, you know, made it thirty, thirty and zero. Of course, that's a big risk you're taking. But at the same time, he could have, but he didn't. He was like, you know what? I've made my legacy. I've cemented it. I'm done. Yeah, Khabib's one of the greatest. So would you would you say that's a good spot for him at number four? I would have put him at three, but I, he wasn't even on my list. By accident, guys. Oh. By accident, guys. I, I know you guys are going to be giving me a lot of flack for that, but yeah, he's, he definitely should have been on yeah, this list. Yeah, he should. Huh? He definitely should have been on this yeah, list. for sure. But um, let's go ahead and move on to number four. I got Stipe Miocic. Okay. First of all, he's an absolute monster with okay. a lot of knockout power. Mm-hmm. If you've seen this guy fight, he is just he's he's literally like I don't know how to explain him. He's like a massive grizzly bear, yeah. like running at you with his fists closed. Mm-hmm. That's how you can kind of describe Stipe. And he did beat Francis Ngannou, who is on your list, who is at number seven. He beat Francis Ngannou, but Francis did beat him, which is fair. But Stipe yeah. was at the top of his game, and it was really really difficult for people to handle him because he's just such a big human being i mean he was a heavyweight that moved like a welterweight yeah in my opinion he just had such great movement he was so technical with his striking like he he would deliver nasty body shots that was one punch that he really really kind of did a lot was the body shot to the left body shot to the right yeah going yeah like he would just he just knew how to attack the angle that the fighters were giving him mm-hmm. like his opponents would give him something and he would just look at it he wouldn't try to force anything he would yeah. just look at it and be like okay there's a body shot there i'm just gonna and he was super super patient he wasn't that guy who was just gonna bull rush you and start mauling you he was yeah. just very patient and stipe it was he's one of the top heavyweights of all time yeah i don't know if i'd say at number four but you know what i agree that he should be on the list and i i didn't put him on the list sure but I think it's a little too high for number four. A little too why 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 too high for number four? I don't I don't understand that. I don't know, man. I, I just, mean, he just he he had the he has a, probably one of the best movements of any heavyweight. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, if anything, Francis Ngannou should be higher than him, in my opinion. In my opinion, if they were to rematch again, who would win? I don't know. I mean, I. I'd probably take Francis, not going to yeah, lie, uh-huh. because Francis has gotten a lot better since they've last fought, yep. and he knocked him out in their last fight, but mm-hmm. Stipe's getting older. He's yep. not getting younger. His prime is behind him. Yeah. So that's not really a fair question, okay. but who would beat them prime prime? Because that Francis. would be interesting. I don't Francis. think I don't think Francis I think wins so. that. I think so. I think at least it goes to the decision, but I think Francis would I think win. Francis was in his prime when he fought him the first time. He was right there. He was peaking. That's when Francis Ngannou started to become a star. Is the first time he fought Stipe, mm-hmm. and he lost. Okay. So you don't think Francis? He got knocked is... out by Stipe. Okay. But so, so, so you think Francis is is left? He's I don't. Prime. No, he's in the he's in his prime right now. But I would say Francis was in the beginning of his prime. For that fight, specifically. Okay, okay sure. That so, was his first fight when he was really starting to take off. Okay, so but now, even more experience. 
I mean, I, I, st- I still think it's a close fight. I, it's very hard to tell. I, I'm still taking Stipe. Okay. I'm I still mean, taking Stipe because prime versus prime Stipe. I'm not talking about now Stipe. I'm talking about prime Stipe. Yeah. Francis loses. Okay. 100%. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's, we, can, we can agree to disagree. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> or we can disagree to agree or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Okay. So uh, let me hear your number three. Did you, you said your number four? Yes. Yeah, that was Khabib. Khabib, Khabib. Yeah. Okay. Khabib. Um, Khabib's number four. Number three is GSP. GSP, first of all, he really kind of changed the fight game because he, did. he came in and he was the first really good all-around fighter. He could do everything at an elite level. He could wrestle. He could take you down. He had elite ground and pound. He had elite stand-up. He could and his do discipline, everything. His discipline, too, was just unmatched. And he was he's like one of the first fighters from Canada that really made a significant impact yeah. on the sport. Yeah. And he won Athlete of the Year for Canada, and hockey is their primary sport. Yeah. So for him to actually be able to do that and overcome hockey players, that's pretty imp- that's, that's how you know GSP had a huge impact. Yeah. And there's an ar- and people can argue that he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he was just he was so disciplined and he he looked at he looked at this as an art. You know, he didn't he didn't look at this as I'm going to go uh in this guy go kill this guy. He looked at it as an art. He was very technical. He was with, technical with his submissions as well. Yeah. His arm bars. Yeah. Yeah, Stop and he it. was so strong too. He was such a strong fighter, you know. Like, like he could literally put somebody on his shoulders, yeah. and throw him. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. He was nuts. Yeah, and he was a double weight class champion as well. Yeah, and I know that there was two losses, and I don't remember who they were from. I, I can't remember, but they are two losses. But I think overall in the fight game, there's n- there's not a lot more bigger names than him, and he's proven that time in and time in in the octagon and that's why to, to jump sorry to jump but that's why i have him at number two i think he's made such an impact that he does he deserves that top two spot so um but for my number three i do have anderson the spider silva <laughs> I, I have a really hard time not mentioning jake paul i'm sorry but continue i want to say this right now i'm going to say this right now jake paul deserves all the respect now I don't care what anyone says. People say he's just a YouTuber. He's a boxer. He's a boxer now. He's been training with the best professional trainers. But he's got to fight a boxer to really prove that. But he's not fighting people off the street. He's fighting ex-MMA fighters. No, I completely understand. I mean, he had, he had no business being in the ring with Anderson, and he had no business even winning that fight, but he did. He overcame all the odds, as he usually does. Yep. No one thought he was going to be Tyron Woodley, and he nope. did. But I don't want to talk about Jake Paul. But I have Anderson Silva at number two on my list. Okay. Just to kind of bounce back off of you. Yeah. Yeah. I think Anderson is just, I mean, he's the he's the greatest. He's one, one of the greatest, greatest of all time. I mean, he has the most significant strikes landed in UFC history. Yep. And 10 consecutive title defenses. I mean, yep. that's honestly amazing. And he could do it in many ways. He could, he could kick you. He could punch you. He could, I mean, he was just very, very versatile. And he was... No, no one really had an answer for him in his career when he was in his prime. No, no, and yeah, and he he was just he was really lanky too. Like he was just yeah, he's so long, man. Yeah, yeah, and, and his elusiveness. I mean, he's a spider for a reason. Yeah, no, absolutely. He was almost unhittable. Abs- he is. He's he's almost like you could compare him to Muhammad Ali. 
almost. It's pre- he's pretty he's pretty darn yeah. close. I yeah. mean, his head movement is very very similar. Absolutely. And and one thing too is he was also very like you you couldn't predict him almost. You know, you really couldn't predict his strikes. You couldn't predict his movements. You he was unpredictable at times. No, you just didn't know what he was going to do because he had so much in the toolkit that he could just pull out and use on Exactly, you. exactly. And I, I think he does go down. You could make an argument for number one. I think he go. He, I don't think you can name a top three best MMA fighters without having him in it. That's, I really. Yeah, that's that's a very very yeah. accurate statement. Yeah. There's nothing really bad for me to say about Anderson. I just wish he was a little bit higher on your list. <laughs> he should be two. He's top two. My opinion. Yeah, top two. He, yeah. I have got him up too. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's better than GSP just because of GSP was dominant, but Anderson was more dominant for a longer stretch of time. Mm-hmm. GSP's career kind of cut off early. He left the sport at kind of a strange, strange time, and there was like question where GSP was going to come back or not. And the funny thing is, Usman kind of talked about this. I've heard him say that he kind of haunted the welterweight division. Because no one really knew if GSP was ever going to come back. There was always – it was always up in the air. Is GSP going to come back and fight? Is he not? Yeah. And that kind of scared people a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I don't know how many people would beat him. Okay, so there was a rumor like 10 years ago when GSP and Anderson were in the game and the primes that they were going to fight. Mm-hmm. Who would you have taken if Anderson and GSP got in the octagon together? Who would win that? I think it'd go to decision, or if not, it would it would be a late stoppage. Um, I'm gonna stick to my guns with my number two, GSP. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna take Anderson, but, obviously. But, but that's that's hard. Like, it's not like I wouldn't put all my money on it. You know, I wouldn't do that because no, you're not gonna bet the house on that. No, that's. I think I think GSP would slightly win on that one. I do. I I mean I they're they're the I mean they were just very dominant at. What they did. I mean, they were just... But they were pretty... In a sense, they were similar fighters, but they were different at the same time. Yeah. I don't know how Silva would have handled his wrestling mm-hmm. and his takedowns. I think that could have been a problem with for Silva. Been. Yeah. But if he can even take down Silva. Yeah. So... Yeah. Let's get into number one. Let's do it. Because I know everybody's waiting for number one. Let's do it. What's number one? Yeah. John Jones. John Jones. The most talented guy to ever even step into the octagon Mm -hmm. now if all the outside the octagon stuff wasn't there i still think john jones would have probably 14 consecutive title defenses instead of tying with demetrius johnson 11 Mm -hmm. i still think he would have been more dominant for a long period of time but since outside the octagon he wasn't really clean and he wasn't really doing what he's supposed to but that's what really made John Jones John Jones is because of all the noise he made outside the octagon yeah. and his personality. Yeah. And then he would just kind of come in. I mean, it didn't even seem like he was really trying, yeah. preparing for fights. He would just come in and absolutely dominate. Yeah. And his elbows were just – he probably got the nastiest elbow in UFC history. Absolutely. What Was it the spinning, right? Yes. Just... He would spin. He would generate so much power yeah. off that spin. And yeah. it would just – you would be like – what like is actually happening? Like you, you it just kind of flashes before yeah. your eyes. You see him spin, and then there's just a guy laying on the canvas. You're like, I'm sorry, did I did I just see that? Well, you know, let me tell you what's better than his uh, his his uh, elbows, Ben Askren's spinning <laughs> fist. That thing is mean. <laughs> that thing is mean. No, no. Going back to to 
to John Jones. He has dominated. He he's overall he's dominated the UFC. He really has. And he beat Cormier twice. Be, now there was that one no contest because of, of his cocaine. Yeah, but um, he still won that fight. Yeah, doesn't uh, matter. I think it's just funny that. He was on cocaine during that fight, and he still beat Daniel Cormier. Yeah, and of course, the only reason he does have that one loss was a technicality. It was – he shouldn't even lost. It was a questionable call by the ref. Um, but I think he's just – he's one of those people where you, you can't stop him. It's hard to take him down. It's hard to knock him out. Overall, he's almost – so naturally gifted. He's so naturally gifted. And he's such a perfect example of, like, a top-tier fighter. And I, I really don't think there's much comparison with anyone else. I think if you were to stand toe-to-toe with a lot of these people, granted, under the similar weight class, not the same, but similar weight class, I think he would beat them, every one of them. And his kicks, too. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget about his kicks. The long legs, man, those, those kicks, they were I think sometimes I think sometimes looking at John Jones as a, as a fighter – I feel like his kicks were more lethal than except his elbows. Those yeah. elbows were yeah. not even good. Yeah. But his kicking was definitely a go-to for him. He yeah. would always start out when he would kind of feel out an opponent, he would start kicking you first to see how you would react to that. Yeah. Cause if your leg gives out, then he's just going to start mauling you. He's going to come up to you, put you against the cage, start elbowing you in the face. Mm-hmm. Like he just, you just, he's the most talented UFC guy ever. Ever, there's yeah. no, no one will ever come close to his talent level because he just he didn't. I, I feel like he really he, okay. Every UFC fighter works hard, but when he was at the top of his game, I feel like he really wasn't even trying. He was out partying. He was doing a lot of different things. Yeah, and he kind of made his opponents look silly because of that. Because mm-hmm. his opponents were training, not doing all the things he was doing outside the octagon, and he was still whooping every single one. That stepped in the octagon with yeah, him. Everybody. There's, there's really not a comparison with who he could be. You know, I think I think same weight class, similar weight class. There's no one he can't beat. I got one more question before yeah. I end this pod. Go for it. Is John Jones going to come back? Because he was supposed to fight Stipe yeah. this year, but I think it fell through because I don't think he's doing what he's supposed to be doing yeah. again. So. Well, he's had so many issues, and they're not, they're not like one-time thing, and he's gotten better from it. He's been repeatedly doing the same things. so Like slamming his head on police cars, yeah. just being very, very reckless. You know, drugs. And, and, I don't, um, and you can't have a guy like that representing the UFC. No. Especially a guy as talented as he is. No. And, of course, he's overcome it and, and the allegations that have been brought forth. And, of course— I don't. I don't know if exactly they've been proven true or not, um, but he's overcome a lot, and it's it's crazy to think that even through everything, he they're still letting him in. They're still like, hey, come on, come fight. But if he does not change his way, I don't think he's gonna be coming back. Do you think he beats Francis if he goes for a title shot right away? Do you think he has any chance? Because he's never really fought at heavyweight. Yeah. So that's a different weight class for him as well. I can't answer that. I can't. Um, I mean, it just depends yeah. how he looks. Because the last time he fought was like, I 
think it was like 2018, 2017. Well, it's been a long time. Well, would John Jones go up or would Francis go down? Well, John Jones is going to ha- fight at heavyweight. He's okay. Gonna, he's going to go up. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Him. That's right. That's right. He's going to go up. So I, I think oh, – I don't know. I mean, I think John Jones wins just because Francis is going to be overwhelmed because it's yeah. John Jones. He's going to be like, oh, oh, God, that's John Jones, the greatest fighter ever. I'm trying to think. I uh, I think it would go to decision, of course, just like um, the one fight John Jones had with uh, uh, who was that one guy um, that almost beat him, tore him up. I think he was from Sweden. Um, oh, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah the I blonde can, hair. I, yeah, beard. I can't. I can't remember his name. I, can't I know name exactly who you're talking about. I can literally see his face, yeah. but I can't remember his name for some reason. I think it's gonna be a fight like that. Was it the, was it the guy? It was um he uh, it was his last name was a G, with a G or like a J like Jorn Jornson or something. It was like Gus, it was like Gus something. Gu- Gustav. Uh, yeah, Gustav. Uh, yeah, Gustav Jornson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be a similar fight to that. What we saw with them two, because that was a great fight. That was a that, that was, was a, a fantastic fight. fight. I, I think it'd be I think it'd be similar. Maybe even Francis dealing a little bit more damage um, than Gustav, but I think at the end of the day, John John Jones would prevail. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap up this pod. Uh, I really enjoy making these. Thank you for hopping on. Yeah. Thank you so much for again. having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so make sure to like this video and subscribe once again. That was our UFC top 10. Uh, let me know in the comments what you guys think of our lists. If you disagree with them, if you would shuffle them around a little bit, just let us know. Yeah. I want to hear some feedback on yeah, this stuff. Yeah, let's get some stuff. feedback. Um, but also the audio only version will be available on Spotify. So the link will be in the description for that. And then also check out my social medias. I'm going to pop them up kind of somewhere on the screen. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to be, but I'll pop them up in the middle of the screen. Um, But make sure to go in the description and uh, follow me on those. So you do not miss out on any more episodes, but this is Jackson Burleson and Jeremiah Kincaid. And we're going to sign off on the take podcast. I thank you guys for listening. Thanks guys. (laughs) 